Welcome to First United Methodist Church's worship service. We are a church that strives to know God, love God, and serve God. We are one church with two locations. The Whitmore Lake Campus is located at the corner of Main Street and East Shore Drive at 9318 Main Street in Whitmore Lake, Michigan. The Brighton Campus is located at the intersection of Brighton Lake Road and Grand River Avenue at 400 East Grand River Avenue in Brighton, Michigan. Please visit us online at brightonfumc.org to learn about in-person worship times at both locations. Worship will begin shortly. We are glad that you are with us. God is good. All the time. Welcome to church this morning. I'm so happy to see everybody. I thought for sure you guys were going to hear that I was preaching today and you wouldn't come. But I'm glad you're here. My name is Bruce Stark. For those of you that don't know me, you can read my name tag, which is upside down if you happen to forget. Uh, I want to welcome you this morning. Whether you're a regular here, whether you're a visitor, we're glad you're here. We're glad you chose this church to worship this morning. This church is a church that wants to know God, love God, and serve God. And we can only do that with your help. You were given a bulletin today. Inside your bulletin is a connection card. The connection card, please fill it out. It's also a way of taking attendance. And the connection card has things on the back. If there's things you're interested in, check it off on the back, and the church will contact you and let you know that those things are available to you. There's also prayer cards in the backs of the pews in front of you. If you have a prayer concern, please fill out one of the prayer cards. The prayer cards then turn the connection cards and the prayer cards into the, into the collection plate as it comes around, and the church will make sure that your prayers get talked about. Today we're going to talk about the prodigal son. And I want you to remember, church is about forgiveness, so if I mess this up, just kind of forgive me. You never know. So... Uh, Today, Tom Doan is going to be reading scripture for us. Uh, Evidently, they found out that I was preaching, so nobody volunteered for worship hosts, so I'm going to take care of that too. Susan Snow is going to be our musical accompaniment for today. And with that, I don't know, I didn't find out. Is there Sunday school today? No Sunday school. Okay, good. Thank you. See, I'm supposed to be telling you, and you guys are telling me. That works out pretty well. But with that, please rise and join us in some worship with our first song.
Good morning. Please join me in the opening prayer. God of the ages, help us to feel your presence today in worship. Help us to accept others as you have accepted us. Help us to forgive others as you have forgiven us. Help us to be gracious and merciful as you are gracious and merciful. Walk with us, Lord, in all of our ways. Amen. Please be seated. Scripture reading this morning is from Luke 
15, 1 to 3, and 11 to 32. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he decided, divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him safe back and safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill and fatten the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. The grace and peace of Jesus Christ be with you. I had to change it up because I already did the God is good thing. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the inspiration of all of our hearts be found acceptable for you, our rock and our redeemer, and the one who calls us home. Well, we're still in the middle of the sermon series which talks about the parables of Jesus. Stories told by Jesus is a way of teaching, and the stories are put into words that more people would understand instead of just 
being the scripture. He puts them into the stories, and the stories are easier for a lot more people to understand. Kind of like examples. In our scripture story today, we heard about the prodigal son, but this scripture could just as easily be called the loving father or the other lost brother. We all heard the story before and thought the story was to show God's grace through the father to allow his son back in the family just as God's grace lets us return to him after we have drifted away. And for most of us, that's always been the end of the story. But when I read scripture, very seldom do I find things in the Bible that were put there for no reason. So this is the way of the elder brother, the story within the story. During People of Faith, which used to be called Men of Faith, the Saturday morning group studied the book Return of the Prodigal Son by Henry Nouwen. The book was broken up into three sections with three chapters in each section. As I read through each chapter, I tried to decide which of the three characters in the story I was most like. The father, the younger prodigal son, or the elder son. Part one of Nowen's book talks about the younger son or the prodigal son. Not being a genius when it comes to the English language, I always thought prodigal meant something good. After all, the son came back, the father was overjoyed, everybody was happy. Well, he did come back at the end and the father was overjoyed, but I looked it up and I found out different. Prodigal means too willing to spend money and waste time, energy, or materials. It also means extravagant or exceedingly abundant giving. Boy, did I get it wrong. I tried to imagine myself as the younger son. My father and I went into business in 1974, and since I lived with my parents a lot longer than anybody else did, I found myself going out and partying way too much. And although I didn't run off completely, I did find myself spending way too much time out and not enough time taking care of the business. I guess I could say I was wasting time, energy, and materials. I don't know that I could say it was the extravagant part because I didn't have a whole lot of money. I was working a second job as a bartender to help pay for my parting, but that just added to the problem rather than making things better. But I could see some of the problems that the younger brother had in me, so there's that. Part two of the book covered the elder son, but I want to come back to that in a little bit. Part three of the book is about the father. I know the parable refers to the father and shows an example of God's love. I know that what is right to do for your children is to raise them, teach them, and let them go. But I had two separate situations where my kids needed to come home. My daughter, Jessie, was between positions in Ypsilanti and Sault Ste. Marie with his house. And she needed to spend some time living at my house before one job was over and the other job started, there was a break. So she spent actually a couple months with me. I cherished every moment. I enjoyed having her there. The second part was when my son was trying to sell his house in Chicago. He spent time living with me, working from my house. Even though he worked for a company in Chicago, he was able to do his job from my house online for several weeks. Another joyful time that I cherished. And even though neither one of my kids left planning to never return, it was a joyful time for me to have them live with me for a while. And I started to understand 
the feeling that the father had when his son came home. Now, that brings us back to the elder son, and for the longest time in my mind, the good son. I always felt bad for him because I thought the reason he stayed and worked with his father was because he cared about him and was concerned about his well-being. Years ago, my dad bought a business and the plan was for me to take it over someday, but that day seemed a long way off. As I told you at the beginning, I was out a lot and after a while I settled down and started paying closer attention to the business and got a lot more into it. But after working at it for a while, I started thinking that I wasn't making enough money, didn't have enough benefits, and that I might be able to do better on a job away from the family business. But I never left. I felt like I had an obligation to my father and my mother to stay because I didn't think that he would be able to run the business without me, and I figured the business had to help support him and her as well. I felt like I was dependent on to stay and responsible for their well-being even more than my own. That's what I originally thought the elder son was doing. But after doing research, I don't know that I'm sure about that anymore. The more I read about this parable, the more I believe it's about love. The love that the father had for his two sons. And the lack of love that was shown from both sons to the father. When the younger son took his inheritance and he left, he turned his back on his father and basically left the family. He was doing what he thought was best for him and not even considering or caring what that would do to his father. He only wanted to do what he wanted to do and didn't care about anybody else. I guess the comparison is how from time to time we think we can handle things on our own. And we don't need God in our life to care for and guide us. We think we can take care of everything all by ourselves. The younger son's only interest was what he could get out of his father and nothing about how his father felt about him. The love his father had for his son was shown by giving him his inheritance long before it was due. In those days, it was very unusual for a father to give his children their inheritance ahead of time. The father chose to give his son what he asked for, his share of what the father was worth. It was customary for the older son to get a double portion. So the younger son was entitled to one-third of all that the father had. Now in those days, your wealth was not determined by how much money you had in the bank or how much cash you had. Your wealth was determined by the amount of land that you had and the possessions that you had. So in order for the father to give the son his third of what he had, he had to sell a third of his possessions to give the son the money and let him go on his way. This left the other two-thirds for the older son, who hopefully would be there when it was his turn to collect. Then the younger son went off, wasted his share, and the story tells us about his return. It would seem that by the elder son staying with the father, it was because he was showing love for him. But I think it seems that the only thing he was interested is in what he was going to get. We notice the older son resents all the attention his brother is getting. We notice his imagination adds some steamy details to the story. 
He says his kid brother spent all his money on prostitute. Oops, nobody mentioned prostitute in any of the stories. He also probably resented the fact that they started the party while he was out working in the fields. No one came to get him, and it wasn't until he heard the noise that he was on his way back from the field that he had any idea what was going on, and he asked what was going on. He did find out about the party and his brother's return. The party was in full swing by the time he got back from the fields. Verse 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. When the father wanted to share his love and joy for the younger son returning with the elder son, he turned away. He wasn't interested in the father's feelings or what the father wanted. He was more concerned with what the father was spending out of his share of the estate on the other brother that he had contempt for. It seems that he was more interested in what he was going to get and not at all interested in how the father's feelings were. He was more interested in himself than the love that he should have been showing to his father and his brother. Maybe at this time he was feeling a little rejected and unloved by the father. Going back to the beginning of the chapter, in verse 1, we find that Jesus' audience for the three stories here are tax collectors, sinners, Pharisees, and teachers. The Pharisees and teachers criticize Jesus because they, he welcomes them and eats with them. The first two parables in the scripture, in the chapter, were about the lost sheep and the lost coin. So we can assume that our story today could have been called the story of the lost boys. Jesus tells the story of how the father shows love for his children, but also shows the lack of love either one of the sons show for their father. I don't doubt that the boys actually loved their father, but they seemed only concerned with what they could get, but not how to show their love. In a sense, also, there's talk that Jesus could be the prodigal son. One definition of the word prodigal is that it means profuse in giving, exceedingly abundant. As the father in the story, Jesus shows how God loves equally the prodigal who wallows in self-indulgence, the prodigal who wallows in self-pity, and every other prodigal in between. He's also trying to convey the message that he loves tax collectors, the sinners, and the Pharisees. Isn't that what makes God so amazing? God's love is for everyone. Now we move to the final verses in the chapter, verse 31, 32. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Father pleads for the elder son to come and join the reunited family. Out of love for him and love for his brother, he wants the family reunited as one. Did the elder brother ever come to the feast? We don't know. Jesus was the greatest storyteller ever. But he ends the story without wrapping it up with a conclusion. The ultimate cliffhanger. I think Jesus left it this way for a reason. 
Here's the reason. Every individual must write his or her own ending to this story. The parable of the prodigal son is such a wonderful story because each of us lives the roles of all the characters in it at some point in our lives. The role of loving, the role of being loved, the role of feeling like we're not being loved enough. How will the story end for you? If you are lost today, you need to come to Jesus Christ for salvation today. If you are saved, but you need to come to Jesus Christ, and you're not where you need to be, you should get there right away. There's a party going on, and you're invited. Don't stay outside listening to the celebration. Come in and be part of it. If the Lord has spoken to your heart about salvation or about your personal walk with him, please come today while he is calling. The whole point of this extended parable has been to show the importance of the human soul to God and to point lost people to a relationship with Lord Jesus Christ. God loves you. There isn't a darn thing you can do about it. He's inviting you to the party. Will you come? Let's pray. Good and gracious God, we know that sometimes we drift away from you. Sometimes we feel like we can do it all on our own. But as times go on, we start to realize that you are our strength and our source of hope. We thank you because we know that you are always there for us, waiting for us with open arms to welcome us back into the fold. We thank you for always loving us, even during the times we don't show you that same love. We thank you for your mercy and your patience waiting for us to return. Amen. Thank you. Okay, I want to call your attention to the prayer quote, the lovely prayer quote. The prayer quote today is for Christine Bennett. She's a friend of Jerry Carmack. Now, I'd like to pray over that quilt now, but I want you to remember, on your way out, the quilt will be on the table. Please tie a knot, sign the card, and say a prayer that she knows that our church is wrapping her in the warmth of the quilt and the warmth of our love and our prayers. So now if you would raise a hand towards the quilt as we pray. Our Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless this quilt recipient and give her strength, courage, patience, and faith to face the weeks and months ahead. We ask your blessings on our family, friends, and the medical personnel helping them. May this prayer quilt be a constant reminder of God's love and of the hope and thoughts and prayers of those who tie knots and say prayers for them. Help us to be reminded that two things are always there for us, peace and love. The prayers we say for others, wrap them in peace and comfort. Prayers are tangible evidence of the love we share with them. Amen.
Now as we continue in prayer, would you please join me in an attitude of prayer? Glorious God, how great are your gifts to us and to all your children. For all that you have given us, we bless your holy name. You have created all things, and you are the ruler of everything that exists. We praise you. We offer you our lives in faithful service. Enable us to seek your will, lest we fail to realize that we can learn through your grace. By your greatness and strength, secure us. By your love and faithfulness, protect us. By your wisdom and power, direct us in all we do so that we may proclaim your wonderful works to all who wish to see. Reveal your goodness to all who cannot attend today. Strengthen and sustain them. Teach us how we can best support and encourage them to encourage those that are struggling and wrestling looking for help. Those that are struggling at home, struggling with damaged and broken relationships. Those that are struggling with health issues. Those that have lost loved ones. Those that are struggling with financial burdens. To understand that in their time of need, your love is always there for them. To help them understand that you give your blessings to those in need of your strength, your love, and your hope. In times of need and doubt, the disciples went to Jesus for comfort and for strength. May we remember from the disciples that Jesus is our source of comfort and strength as well. When Jesus appeared to the disciples and offered them peace, we learned about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that fills our lives with your love and your hope. O oh God, in this time of worship, we give thanks that you are ever with us. We thank you for your presence in our midst. Enable us always to be grateful that all you give us, even when we take your goodness for granted. Now we come to you seeking, searching, and looking to you as we offer to you our concerns and petitions in this time of silent prayer and meditation. Lord, we are striving to learn to live like Jesus did, to love our neighbors as we love Jesus and as Jesus loves our neighbors, to be part of the team and to help the team move forward to bigger and better things, and to pray like Jesus taught the disciples when he said, pray like this, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forevermore. Amen. One of the ways we respond to God's word in our midst is by the giving of our tithes and offerings. If you're a guest, we thank you for joining with us. Your presence here is a gift. 
If you're a member here, if you're part of our church, please give generously that the programs of this church may succeed and, and flourish. I'd like to call the ushers forth for the tithes and offering now. I was going to take some. Aimlessly beneath the barren sky, leave it to me, I'll lead you So afraid that you will not be found It won't be long before your sun goes down Just leave it to me I'll lead you home
Lord God of heaven and earth, accept these humble offerings we bring. Help us to use them to spread your message of love to all. In your name we pray, amen. said it once already, but I like saying it all the time. Okay, I want to wait just a second, because I know when I watch online at home, during the hymns is when I go get another cup of coffee, so I want to make sure all the online people get back before I get to do my announcements. Okay, welcome online people. All right, we got a few announcements here. Number one, the next NOAA Lunch Project is July 24th. There's a sign-up list on the website, and they're always needing donations, especially homemade cookies, and they think, need things like fruit and pudding cups, snack crackers, and juice boxes. Please contact Bill Drabing, and you can find out what he needs for the NOAA project. Second thing is come on out to Whitmore Lake tomorrow to celebrate the 4th of July parade. The Whitmore Lake campus has an award-winning float in the parade for several years. This year, the parade is tomorrow from 10 to 11 a.m. You can park in the church parking lot for no charge, and you can watch from the front yard. Also, that Whitmore Lake will be having their rummage sale going out at the same time. The rummage sale will be running from 9 to noon tomorrow. Third thing is that the First United Methodist Church, Brighton and Whitmore Lake, are raising money for the Samaritan Counseling Center. 
And this is a year-long mission focus. Registry, register for the Fund's Life July 16th 5K walk or run and use Facebook to supercharge your fundraising for mental health support. You can sign up. It's kind of like a crop walk thing where you can sign up people to sponsor you. I'm going to be walking. Why don't you come out and walk with me? We can help support the Samaritans. All right. With that, I hope I didn't bore you too much. I'm glad you're all here. Thank you for coming. With that, remember, God loves you, and ain't a darn thing you can do about it. I like saying that a lot, too. So go in peace, knowing that God loves you and God has a place for you. You're always welcome in God's kingdom and God's home. We know that God loves us even when we turn our back on him. He's still there waiting for us. Now, go with the power of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. Happy Fourth. Amen. We are so glad you worshiped with us. We are a church that strives to know God, love God, and serve God. You are invited into this mission by worshiping, joining one or more small groups, sharing prayer requests, and becoming part of the community. We are one church with two locations. The Whitmore Lake Campus is located at the corner of Main Street and East Shore Drive at 9318 Main Street in Whitmore Lake, Michigan. The Brighton campus is located at the intersection of Brighton Lake Road and Grand River Avenue at 400 East Grand River Avenue in Brighton, Michigan. Please visit us online at brightonfumc.org for details about in-person worship at both of our two locations. We hope you were blessed by this worship. Please click the like button, subscribe to our channel, share this video, and join us again next week.